passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome into our Wednesday edition of Attacking Third. It has been a busy news day, and of course, we have the semifinals of Challenge Cup coming up for you today. But first of all, I'm your host, Jenny Chu, with Lisa Carlin, Christine Cupo, and Darian Jenkins here today. Guys, we have two semifinals today. I just want to get your quick reactions before we get into the news. Who's winning, Darian? Oh, Kansas City. I think, yeah, they've got good momentum going into this transition. We're going to see some goals. It'll be a good game. Courage. Oh, okay, you've been rocking for the courage all I have, time. all along, okay. man. They had 14 straight in the streak, and then it got that balloon got popped by Gotham. So I'm looking for them to come back with a vengeance here. Loyalty. Love that from you. I think North Carolina is going to win the KC Courage match. Oh. Uh, and then I'm going to go racing Lou. Louisville. Yes. I have Louisville uh, for tonight as well on that matchup. So, okay, I know we're going to dive deeper into that a little bit later. We have tactics for you. We have interviews from all of that. But first, the latest news coming out today. Sam Lady is out as Houston Dash head coach. The news was made official earlier today. They also announced that uh, Sarah Loudon will remain the coach for the last four matches of the regular season. The Dash currently sit in 10th place. They are six points out of the playoff spot. What are your guys' initial reactions to this news? I'm bummed. Uh, Sam was my assistant coach when I played at Rain for about two years, and he's a good coach. And I know that transition, I mean, I can only imagine that transition and going to be a head coach is really difficult in a new environment. And he didn't get a full season, which is a bummer. But, you know, if you're not getting the results, the goals that are needed to advance and become a staple in the NWSL and make playoffs, it's just kind of a dog-eat-dog -dog world. That's the world that we live in, the sport we've all played. So bummed, but I understand it. Yeah, def defensively, this Houston side was the best in the NWSL this year. I think that a, a large in part does have to do with Sam Lady, some of the tactics that were put into place defensively. However, on the other side of the ball, they couldn't score goals. They only mm -hmm. have 12 goals this year uh, with only four matches left. That's just not enough, especially when you look at the attacking presence yeah. that Houston has in their front line with Deanna Ordonez, who had 11 goals last year in her rookie year with North Carolina. Maria Sanchez, Ebony Salmon, the mm -hmm. English international. He has the power, but it, the, the attacking power in that front line, but they weren't able to put it together on the pitch. And 
it's been a really quick turnaround at Houston between coaches because Sarah Loudon stepped in last year uh, in May and she went on a 16 unbeaten run when she took over. So there's there's hope for them at the end of this year because there's still a playoff push to go. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard because you look at his very successful tenure as assistant under Vlatko, under uh, Laura Harvey, Laura Harvey, under Ben Stiti, like he had done so well that this is—I don't want to call it a failed experiment by any means—but I think that given the four remaining matches are with Gotham, Louisville, Angel um, City, Angel and, City and then the Pride, maybe I would have let him see out the remainder of the season. Yeah, I, I think the only reason Houston would fire him at this point in, in the season is that so it's kind of other coaches know, hey, we're open for business. Mm, we're we're yeah. now looking, and they can start that process now, interviewing, looking, and it's it's not taboo because you still have a head coach in yeah. position. Or they remain with the assistant and give her exactly. that kind of runway into next in 2024 with these remaining games and just see what they can do. This is, what, the second time she served as interim? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. So, I mean, at which point do you give her a go? <laughs> if she even wants that job. If she wants it. Yeah, so switching subjects here, Lisa, you really bring a great point with the attacking aspect. We talk about Ebony Salmon, um, Maria Sanchez, and, and the, Diana Ordonez. All great players individually. They just weren't able to put it together, mm. which was really surprising on the, the Mexican connection there. You know, you really wanted that to pull through in Texas. Well, Jenny, they weren't playing at the same time, and that's what mm -hmm. I mean in terms of the decisions that were made from the coaching staff. Maria Sanchez is known for her left-footed crosses into the box, lethal services, corner kicks, and her crosses. Diana Ordonez, she scores goals with her head. That's yeah. exactly what she does. So those two players should be on the pitch at the same time. And we did not see that enough with Houston. And that's why they failed to convert goals. And they only scored 12 this year so far. Yeah. It's just not enough. Absolutely. Well, the 2023 Ballon d'Or nominees were announced today, just a couple hours ago. So we just got the news. Um, Aitana Bonmati, presumably the favorite with everything that she has won over this summer. She won the treble with Barcelona and the Women's World Cup with Spain. And obviously she was the golden ball winner as the best player of that tournament. But let's name some of these other players that are on this list. Sam Kerr, as we see on the screen now. Dabinia, Eva Payor, um, goodness. Hasegawa is on there as well. Linda Caicedo, uh, Haley Rassler from Australia. We're seeing all of these names. Guys, who do you think takes it? I love that um, Linda Caicedo is nominated yeah. for this. 18-year-old, we saw her just dominate um, with Colombia at this World Cup. I want to give a shout-out to Amanda Ilstad, the defender with Sweden. Scoring goals. Scoring goals. Yeah. Scoring goals. Yeah. Scoring goals. <laughs> at the World Cup, and she makes her way onto this list. I think it's pretty cool um, that all these different players are getting these shout-outs. I think there's a lot of competition this year. Honestly, mm -hmm. even – and obviously the shoe-in, I think, is Bonmati, but I would even say Pop. Pop 32 mm -hmm. goals. I mean, she, despite Germany's even with her ill-fated run performances, mm -hmm. Germany just didn't put it together right. for her. It's difficult. And she had what three three goals, four goals. She was like leading the yeah, race yeah. as well yeah. until they got knocked in out like and... five matches. Yeah, it just a lot of them are very deserving. It's unfortunate that this it, is also the year where um, Wolfsburg was in the Champions League final, yeah. and that's mm -hmm. Alex Pop's yep. team. She is the leader of that team, so she's had a great year as well. That's a great show. Yeah, I. Love that Khadija Shaw is on this. Mm -hmm. I think she is such a good forward. She's done so well for club and country. Um, I think it's just the star. We've seen her win awards with City and mm -hmm. score so many goals in so many different ways. And so I love seeing her on the list. I don't think she's going to win it. I do think mm -hmm. Bonmetti's going to win. I mean, she's kind of wiped the stakes out on every single award and tournament this year. So I 
that's who I'm going to go with, Bon Metti, fangirling her all year that we've been on the show. <laughs> this also and, might yeah. be like the Bolandor season of like the ACLs, right? Because Puteas gets yanked, oh, right? Yeah. And then another shout for Diani, who yes. is also yeah. more than deserving, right? Who we have Mac, who is also out with an ACL, mm -hmm. which maybe kind of shifting the table a little bit. Sophia Smith was the only American player on yeah. this list, and that's going to be a, a first potentially. I know Alex Morgan was on it last year. Andy Rodman made the long list last year too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sophia Smith, the only one. I like your shout, uh, Kupo, for Diani. Yeah. Silver ball in the mm -hmm. World Cup. She went from with PSG last year playing in wide areas, and then she played that number Lyon. nine striker. Now she's with Lyon. There's a, a lot of versatility in that front line. The competition's tight. I think, yes, Bomati is the favorite to win this, but between like the top three or four players, it's a, it's a tight race at, at the very top of it all. Very much. You talk about that silver ball. Let's talk about the golden ball winner, um, Hinata Miyazawa. Manchester United has signed her. They announced that signing uh, today. She initially was linked to Liverpool. Remember, she scored five goals in four games in the World Cup and just absolutely took everyone by storm. Um, interesting to see her make that move over to the Premier League. I love this move. I love this move for Mayazawa to Manchester United. She's so young, 23 years old, and she has so much versatility on the pitch. She can play anywhere across the front line. You can drop her back into that number 10 role. She makes great deep runs in behind opposition's back line. She can get on the back shoulder of defenders. And you look at this Manchester United side. Um, they're now without Russo. She's mm -hmm. gone from this roster. But they've got Ella Toon, who sits in underneath. Imagine that combination play between Ella Toon and Mayazawa up top, making those runs off of each other and just making fireworks and magic. Oh. As an Arsenal fan, I hate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have, like, stakes in either, so I'm cool with all of it, but also the connection with JC, the Brazilian international who's now with United, I think is going to be scary to go up against with United because such technical players, the 1v1 aspect, the finishing aspect, and fun to watch. They're mm -hmm. so creative on the pitch. They flow. They connect all the lines. They're really, really um, kind of influential between different positions. No one stays in one spot in the game. The heat maps are all over the place. So I think this is a great addition for United, and we love to see more competition. You know what's super interesting when we talk about United? Um, their head coach, Mark Skinner, used to be the coach for Orlando Pride when he was yes. here in NWSL, and they did so horribly. So there was definitely something happening in Orlando Pride. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went over to Manchester United. He's been doing great. Maybe there's them. something in the so water they're, they're, over there. Yeah. I don't know. Darren was like, I did not know that's where you were going. Oh, okay. Not great, okay. Like, they were atrocious. Worst yeah. performance oh, ever. Goodness, I'm sorry. Okay, let me let me change the subject. Um, in the news, last certain, but certainly not least, Jenny Hermoso filed a legal complaint over the unwanted kiss by Spanish Federation President Luis Rubiales. That complaint means that Rubiales could face criminal charges for his actions. And this is the first time that we've heard her actually speak out on this Um in a legal way. Yeah, this is the first time that she has formally said that she's accusing him of sexual assault. She has come out and said it was non-consensual, it was unwanted, I did not like it. Um, and now we're, we're seeing this statement come from her when initially the, the first statement we ever heard from her actually came from the Spanish Federation mm -hmm. and it wasn't from her mouth and then her PR team kind of taking steps back and saying we're going to wait and hold off on this conversation. Now she ends up making that statement and it, it does come out. I mean, there have been so many uh, kind of like snowball effect of what has happened since the World Cup and they have won. And the fact that she has to make this statement in, in front of public court and in front of the public instead of celebrating her win, it still grinds my gears and makes me mad.
It's, it's extremely unfair, but I also think that this is probably resulting from a, a lot of what Guillaume Balaguer had mentioned on Monday about the various rules and the level of severity ruled mm -hmm. per incident, where, which probably forced her hand that she had to go report to you yeah. know, essentially a criminal court. So that way there's a better, not a better, but a more uh, available recourse for them to act because it is indicative to all of us that he has no intention still of doing the right thing, which would be to step down. He very much wants to be removed. Right, so we're gonna continue our conversation on this and everything Spain. Obviously, Jorge Villa has been fired um, as the head coach of Spanish national team and he has been replaced by Monse Tomé. We're gonna cover that and so much more when we come back. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third. I'm always traveling for work, but I also love to be active, playing soccer every chance I get. Finding the balance between being comfy, looking cute, and also being dressed to be active has never been easier with Viore. Viore is so versatile. It can be used for any activity, running, yoga, swimming, but it's also great for lounging or traveling. My favorite product is the pants that I actually never take off, the Women's Performance Jogger. They're designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. Viore helps me feel good about the things I buy and how they are made because Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint, utilizing better sustainable materials for their products to empower your best active life. Viori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash soccer. Welcome back into Attacking Third. There has been so much news coming out of Spain in the last 24 hours. Let's break this all down for you. So yesterday, Jorge Villa was officially dismissed as head coach of the Spanish national team. Villa was appointed to the position in 2015 following the dismissal of Ignacio Quereda, who had coached the team for 27 years. Vilda said in an interview following his sacking that he was proud of the work that he did and leaves behind a recognizable style of play. Monse Tomé was an assistant coach under Vilda. Now she has been appointed the head coach in the wake of his sacking. Tomé is the first women, woman to be named in the role. Uh, Vero Boquete uh, from Fiorentina said some comments about this hiring. She said, personally, I think that an opportunity to really make a much deeper change has been lost. And when women's football has to be professionalized, there is talk of changing that system um, and finger for mediocrity. There aren't too many merits here. It is true that she has done a great job as the second, but if we think of coaches who could be at that level of the world champion, she would surely not be there. I wish her all the luck because I also know her personally, but I think an opportunity for change and doing things right has been lost. Uh, their first match will be in Nations League against Sweden, who placed third place in the Women's World Cup, so that is not an easy match to start with. Um, that Her first squad is expected to be named on September 15th, so that's next week. But when we talk about Vero's quotes, um, with the Spanish national team. She's talking about a lack of change. When you just hand it over from head coach to who was the assistant, uh, Darian, you're seeing her saying, this was an opportunity to do things right. This was an opportunity for change, and you did not do so. How does that make you feel as a former player? Yeah, I mean, it's reminiscent of NWSL's past in a way where they're keeping these hires in-house of people that have been complicit and known of this abuse and stayed quiet for the most part, or for all that we know. And I think I completely agree with Vero. Like, there needs to be a totally new change. This is the opportunity to hire 
a different female coach. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really bummed to say this because we want to see women in these positions of power and um, especially in these coaching positions where these players actually have trust and feel validated by their coaches and seen as human beings. But at the same time, if you're hiring somebody that you know has been involved in this and it's a woman at the same time, it's like we have to be the best to go into these new positions and then to hire somebody that she says she knows personally but also doesn't have the most faith in and doesn't want to keep somebody that's been a part of this organization in the same position and more power, I completely agree. And I think we need to start with listening to the players. Mm -hmm. This is a super talented player. She played in the NWSL previously. She's been a captain for the Spanish Spanish national team. And we really need to give these players power and listen to them and have their input on these new positions that need to be hired because ultimately that's where it's been failed on them for so long. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think that it would have been more beneficial for them, and I know that it would probably be a big ask at this point to get someone outside of their system because everything is so very intertwined, right? Mm -hmm. we, it was illuminated that, you know, Rubiales had appointed Vilda, and so I'm sure that the web is much, much more expansive than that. Mm -hmm. uh, it probably would have benefited them to take a breath and figure out, in, in the meantime, maybe a better appointment than... Than I mean, what we've opinion. what we've learned over the last three weeks about all of this is that it wasn't just one or two people, right? It was systemic yeah. rot, and it was a culture within a system that had been continuously failing these players. And the fact that Tomei has been part of that system, and um, it, it's uncertain, kind of her role in all of this. However, we've heard silence from her, and silence in this position means a failure to act mm -hmm. and complacency. Mm -hmm. Oof, so to yeah. me, that's it's not a good move. It's a lateral move or, if anything, a, a way for the Spanish Federation to keep themselves safe yes. in this move. Right. It's a bit to placate, I think, mm -hmm. that, you know, Vilda is at least gone. So we're giving you this offering. It's a gesture and it's more a than woman. anything. And and, right. And unfortunately, to be very clear, this isn't a man or woman issue. This is a systemic mm -hmm. abuse issue. Uh, of sorts, and it's come to a head so many times now that I'm not sure how far the saga will continue to go. Remember when Ruby Alice spoke in front of the assembly and he uh, was being applauded, and he then offered Vilda a four-year contract worth half a million euros. Is that what Tomei is going to get? Is that going to be yeah. her contract, that much pay? Or is that going to be different now because she's a female? Like, those are the other issues that we still, yeah. like, are continuously on the table yeah. that we're constantly talking about. Or the mm -hmm. same exact gig. I mean, I... I would assume no, <laughs> um, if we're being honest. But one of the things that I wanted to point out is that Jorge Villa spoke to a radio yesterday. I listened to this one-hour um, interview that he sits down with Manu, a, a very um, respected Spanish journalist, uh, a radio man. And he basically says that he brought in Monse, so kind of almost taking credit for where she is now. You know, Yeah, he's very proud of her, but he brought her in. So he had to make sure to put, put in, by the way, guys, I brought her in. So. He's even saying, hey, she's a part of my system, my, you know, the way that I coach, the way that I lead, the way that I run this program, she learned from me. So right. if we have problems with how Villa is doing things, how is this supposed to be any different? But also inherent in that statement is she wouldn't be there without me. Yeah, it's the same. So it, it just, it kind of diminishes whether or not she is a good actor or not. We don't know. I'm sure that that will come to surface. But in the meantime, he even managed in one of his lowest moments, inarguably, to still try to diminish 
a woman that he brought in as an assistant. Well, and also the players, him taking credit for the style of play. Yeah. Right. Are you kidding? I, I think I could go coach this team and they would be <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's not me that's giving them success. It's the players that have led this federation to be as prominent, as amazing as they are and dictate their style of play. I mean, half of them, more than half of them play on the same club teams together. Exactly. So it, screw him. He gets no credit for any of the success. <laughs> Please leave. Um, adios. Anybody that's been a part of the organization and part of this toxic culture and been part of the infection that spread from Rubiales needs to go. I don't think anybody should remain in positions of power or near the Federation or in soccer in general um, moving forward. But there, it is a quick turnaround, though. Like, Jenny, you mentioned, what, they have their first Nation League game against Sweden just a couple weeks. That's qualification mm -hmm. for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So this World Cup champion team are on the clock to try to establish a whole new system. It's, there's a lot of moving parts there. Yes, but Darren, I want to get back to what you're saying there. You know, when we, as players, as, as previous mm -hmm. players, um, understand that when someone is complicit in a system, like, things are going to remain the same, like, you have to clear out a whole... The, they all have the to go. whole thing to clear it out. I mean, that, that's how that works. And we've seen in NWSL, like you said, a quick sidestep, but someone else that has done exactly what I'm doing and all the dirty right. things I'm doing is going to continue doing them. Yep. That's not enough. And, I, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I know you have that experience within the league and everything that the league has gone through here. We know mm -hmm. um, that these are things that everyone is suffering within the, you know, maybe not everybody, but many are suffering within the world of women's soccer. So um, just to continue with the news that is happening, RFEF also issued a lengthy statement yesterday apologizing for any harm caused. Uh, the statement goes on to categorically condemn Rubiales' actions and states that his behavior does not reflect the values of the Federation. And continuing from there, Jenny Hermoso has filed an official complaint for sexual assault against Luis Rubiales for his forcible kiss at the Women's World Cup trophy ceremony. I know we already talked about that part, but how about this um, statement that they put out, basically just distancing, distancing themselves at this point? Distancing themselves and not acknowledging anything towards Ginny Hermoso. Right. Like, there's no mention of her. Yes, they say to the players of the Spanish national team, but hello, a player just said that she was sexually assaulted by your president, and you do not acknowledge it, and also you have been complicit in trying to brush this under the rug and make it less of a situation and keep these people in power. And yeah, it just goes along with what I said earlier. They, everyone needs to go. The timing of this statement, yeah. this statement should have mm -hmm. came first. Mm -hmm. This should have came yeah. with or without the actual you know, vocalization of a sexual assault charge. This should have been the statement that was initially made. So for me, this is just performative at this point. This was just the next step in what they think they need to do to appease the public. Yeah. And initially, the statement should have came the night of the World Cup. Right. Like, yes. as, soon as, as soon as it happened, right, that's when change could have happened. Right. And even now, the, they're basically still saying it's not our fault. We didn't do anything wrong. Um, but the fact that they don't shout out Jenny Hermoso and, and offer support or resources or anything yes. like that right. says that they don't want to. Mm -hmm. they, they had every opportunity to make that statement, to name her in those words and sentences and support her, support the league, support the other players, and they just failed to do that. It's all very interesting and angering because when you talk about everybody being complicit, the Federation is the one who put out the statement that apparently Jenny Hermoso, I know, you're giving yeah. me that look, that Jenny Hermoso had said, you know, fine, um, the, the kiss was a moment of passion and, and it's fine, basically. Um, and then we find out that Jenny Hermoso didn't say that. So we're trying to figure out from the outside how, 
who this direction is coming from. So if Luis Rubiales is telling his PR team and everyone else, this is what you're doing, period. I don't care what you say because I've worked at a club level. And if the boss says this is going, this is going no matter what anybody underneath says, right? Um, or is it that all of them are having a part in this, saying this is ridiculous and they're just discrediting her and, and refusing to name her in this statement? Or is this something that is coming from him, coming from the interim president? Like, it's just all very interesting to kind of try to understand from the outside. Yeah, I, th I think it would be a little bit of both, honestly, right? Because all these people have been in place and been in positions of power. So if there's one person speaking up and saying this is right, how easily can they be silenced in a big federation like that? Um, th like, those are the questions that we don't have the answers to at this point, because frankly, we only see the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. right? We don't know all of right. the secrets that have been happening for years and years and years underneath. We've only gotten what the players are willing to disclose to the public putting themselves and their careers on the line. I think that that's part of the problem largely is that they all are covering for each other. So you're not mm -hmm. going to have someone step up and do the right thing because their job is then <clears throat> in the balance, right? Nobody wants to be the whistleblower here because they probably also have a whole room of people pointing back at them as well. Yeah. And so you're often not, you're not gonna sink oh. your own ship. Yeah, and I think that statement says a lot without saying much that they're not going to admit anything or say that there was wrongdoing because that implies guilt in some way or that they've done something wrong. So it's going to be these lofty, not really acknowledging the real problem or apologizing or offering resources or even mentioning the word sexual assault or charges. It's all very intentional. It's, it's soft. Yeah, it's very it's soft. soft. It's very smoke and mirrors to not be able to point fingers. And that's why we're all like, well, we don't really know what's going on. I think it's very intentional by the Federation. That's great, Darian, because when we talk about, you know, Luis Rubiales' initial apology, he, and I mentioned this when we talked about earlier, in Spanish basically said, um, I've upset people, I don't know why, I don't agree with it, I don't think people should be upset, but I'm going to apologize because people are upset. Not, I regret my actions, blah, 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 you know, which he has continued to stand by, mm -hmm. he has done nothing wrong, and that was a consensual kiss. That is what he re remains um, saying in his statements as of uh, a couple days ago. So. It's just um, very interesting because we're going to continue to follow how this all plays out, right? Because there are now legal proceedings with Jenny Hermoso going to the court. Luis Rubiales has said that he's going to sue Jenny Hermoso, and then that was then taken down from the Federation standpoint. I mean, it's kind of hard to follow everything that's happened because so much has happened in such a short amount of time. If we remember, the women won the World Cup like two weeks ago. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it because we've gone through this entire saga mm -hmm. of time and time again of all these things happening. It's been a lot for us to, to carry and to try to follow up with and yeah. not actually know the inside because when will we actually know what the initial 15 uh, were complaining about? Because Jorge Vilda says they were not complaining about me in his radio yesterday, said they, they did not want me removed. Um, they were complaining about conditions. They were complaining about other things, but not necessarily him. And then you go back and the statement is about him being removed. So now it's like a he said, she said, and what is the truth? The, the pictures that came out that the Federation put out some are saying are altered or doctored photos and then you compare it to the video alongside that we all saw on the World Cup feed and, and it's, a, it's all so convoluted at this point. Yeah, they're trying to trick everyone because that's what they've been able to do for exactly. so long. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think the only thing that we know with great certainty is that they've managed to drag at least Jenny Hermoso but the expanse of the women's side through the mud in this process and that's yeah. for sure. Yeah.
Absolutely. Um, well, we're going to change gears and we're going to go ahead and talk about that semifinal, both semifinals that we have tonight. We have a tactical breakdown with Darian and Elisa going to the board and we're going to talk our stuff too, Christine. Don't you worry. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We have two big matches tonight as the Challenge Cup semifinals take center stage. Casey Current against North Carolina Courage at 8 p.m. and O.L. Reign against Louisville at 10 p.m. And there's two matches tonight and that means that we cannot miss the opportunity to talk to our analysts, our tacticians, our all-knowing ladies about their opinions tonight and what's going to play out. Lisa, why don't we start with you in Louisville? Yeah, Jenny, this Racing Louisville side snuck into the Challenge Cup semifinal because they were the second best overall team. They were able to score goals, go on a bit of a run throughout this Challenge Cup to pick up points, specifically during the World Cup when they were missing so many of their star players. And that's because Racing Louisville can attack in such a variety of ways. That's what makes them so lethal. Whether they're building out of the back, moving in quick transition, getting the ball wide and sending it into those central areas, that's what works best for Racing Louisville. And they're going to need to rely on that tonight in this matchup. They are returning Savannah DeMello to the lineup. She missed the last week's game. Jalen Howell is still questionable coming into this match, so we'll kind of see where she sets up. And due to international duty, Wang Shuang for China is not available for Racing Louisville. Let's take a look at these tactics. I'm ready. Let's talk about them. This is the defensive work from Jalen Howell, number six in purple. She does so much centrally to win the ball for racing Louisville. You see Kirsten Davis making that wide run, which opens up the space centrally for Monahan. Monahan's able to cut back inside. She can shoot. She decides to slot it wide to Davis. We've seen Monahan shoot from outside the box and score goals as well. So there are multiple options when that happens. Again, the mid block for Louisville defensively is so key. Four against three centrally against this Houston side. It's Ari Borges who steps in and win it. Paige Monahan then takes the space in front of her. As this ball drops back, Louisville decides to just take their time. Savannah DeMello highlighted centrally. She will pop into that space looking to get the ball. But Carson Pickett has so many options. Watch how she, how she then sends this wide, which opens up the gap for Savannah DeMello to slot through. You see Kayla Fisher here plays it beautifully to DeMello. And on the backside, it's Uchenna Canoe on the doorstep. She wants that one back tonight if she gets that opportunity it's going to hit the back of the net for this racing Louisville side. 
It's so interesting to watch Savannah DeMello kind of control that midfield. I know that they were doing well without her, but to see her direct her players, you can see ahead of the ball, whenever the ball's coming towards her, you can see, see her tell her players where to go next. Yeah, it's a big part of Savannah DeMello's game is her ability to control the tempo, the pace of the game from that central position. And when she plays alongside Jalen Howell, those two work really well together. It'll be really key for Louisville to control the midfield, especially against an OL rain side that is tactically very smart centrally. She's yeah. always going to be hunting for a goal, but I think what, with her what's remarkable is just her football IQ all in and her passing ability. Her accuracy is so on point that you're on the other end of the ball. It's your fault if you don't manage to convert that. All right, Kansas City. Darian, take us through. Let's go. Maybe we'll meet in the final. If I'm going to KC, I'm going to Louisville. I hope so. Yes, yeah, so this KC side, I think how they're going to advance which has made them so successful in this Challenge Cup is through transition. Here you see them organize in a modified 3-5-2. Sometimes they're in a four-back. It may seem like they pick the ball up and then they just get up the field. Here you see body by Kristen Hamilton pushing defenders off and she has this vast amount of space to transition and move forward. Now focus on CC Kaiser who puts her head down, puts on her sprinting shoes and gets in front of Abby Ursic. Abby Ursic does well, but you see these three Louisville defenders with four Kansas City attackers who are getting up into the 18. CeCe cuts it back and Kristen Hamilton, still staying with her run straight down the middle of the field, slots it home for the finish. That's just one of the many goals that Kristen Hamilton has had since she's come back from in uh, injury and she's done so well. Here you have this another transition moment where Kansas City's playing against Gotham. We highlighted Dabinia at the beginning because if you watch this, when they get possession back after this little giveaway by Gotham, then CeCe Kaiser lays it off to Lola Bonta, and you see this connection with her and Dabinia, which we're seeing so much of. These two are so fun to watch, similar players with their technique. She finds this huge gap between Gotham's center backs, and Dabinia one-on-one -on -one to a goalie, and she takes it down the middle of the field, makes the frame of the goal bigger, keeps it on her right foot, and simple finish, easy pass into the goal one of her many of the season, and I think it's going to be a really good matchup against this Courage side where it's going to be a lot of transition, a lot of goal Ooh. chances in front of goal. I, I think transitional play is going to be the key here, mm -hmm. but to your point, and if the Courage were watching, and I'm sure they were because Sean Nahas was definitely getting everybody to run tape, on their last Angel City match with the KC Current, they tried that, and unfortunately they kept losing it in the midfield, which devolved into chaos. They just simply simply couldn't regain possession of the ball, and it just was out of their hands. They liked possession. They weren't managing to get that. They weren't managing to counter, and that ultimately ended up in, in a loss for them. So I think if the Courage come in wisely, and they have met before, remember last year, the semis, they ended up beating the Current 2-1. Mm -hmm. History may repeat itself, so I guess we'll get a spicy match all in. Darian, I love the two clips that you point out because, for me, the center of their attack is often CeCe Kaiser, and you can see yes. on both of those, she lays off quickly, turns around, spins out in both of those plays, but that's something that she does consistently. She not yeah. only puts the ball in the back of the net herself, but she creates play for her entire team in that whole attack, so it's great to see you point her out in those clips. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to Nikki Stanton, who has a Challenge Cup match tonight. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Attacking Third. We just finished talking about O.L. Rain in the Challenge Cup as a tactical breakdown. And we now are joined by Rain midfielder Nikki Stanton. Nikki, we know you guys have the Challenge Cup semifinal tonight, but you also have four games left in the regular season, and you're currently in fourth place how are you guys balancing having so much going on towards the end of the season? Yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind, but I think one thing um, that I'm super grateful for is that we have such a deep roster. So I think that's really helped us kind of rest players that needed rest um, for season games and challenge cups. So, I mean, we're all on board. We're all excited. We know what we need to do, and we've been working our butts off to make sure that we can get it done. Nikki, your team has been working your butts off, specifically in this Challenge Cup. You went undefeated throughout the group stages, and defensively, you did not concede a single goal. What was the difference in this Challenge Cup defensively for OL Reign to be so tight and stingy? I think that, honestly, Laura has her, her principles about defense, and everybody knows them at this point. And I think, again, it just shows our depth that, are, even when uh, people are away at the World Cup, we have everybody that can follow every single principle, stay tight. Our goalkeepers came up huge. Um, shout out to them. They've been absolutely awesome. But I think just it was a team effort. Everybody through and through from our front line, pressing their back line to our back four, just staying so compressed. And I think it's also mentality of like, we're not going to let them get that shot off or we're going to block that cross. So, yeah, I think it's it's been pretty fun. Nikki, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. You've been in the league since 2014, and a large chunk of that was with the Chicago Red Stars. And you and I both know no team is created equal in the league, so we've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. But it's good to see this new investment group come in for the Red Stars. How does it feel to see this positive change for the Red Stars in the Chicago community? I'm really happy about it. I've always wanted the best for all of those girls. I think the players who have been there from, you know, first couple years in the league, it's been a rough ride. Um, I had some, it was rough when I was there and that wasn't too long ago. So I'm rooting for them. Honestly, I hope that in the next couple of years, all the teams can be just equal. I think there's still a big um, disparity between like the top team and the bottom teams as far as like what we have equipment, um, all the things. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for them. I hope that this is the beginning of really good things. Nikki, you sort, you've been in this league for quite some time, and there's still a lot of landscape changes that need to happen across women's soccer. How far do you think we've actually come versus how far do we still need to go, do you think, to get you as players where you should be in the deserving position to be winning things as you have been? Yeah, that is such a good question. I mean, for my first year in the league, not having a locker room, not having laundry, um, making $6,000 a year. It's like looking Ooh, back at that. Insane. Just like, wow, we have come so far. Um, but I do think that other leagues are ahead of us. Um, but I think I'm part of the PA and like just kind of getting able to work through that. I see the changes that we are trying to create in this league. And I still think we have quite, quite a ways to go. 
which is exciting uh, because even just how much we've gone in these past 10, 11 years has been monumental. So if we just we're steady, um, have a steady growth, so we just need to keep up with that. As you talk about that progress that they've made across the league and on different teams, I know you're back at a potentially you know hometown type of club because you're from the Seattle area. How's it been at OL Rain? Oh, gosh. Honestly, I mean, it's kind of like a dream come true. Just I got to, like, travel the world and play all over the, the U.S. and then getting traded back to my hometown team. Obviously, O.L. Reign has a really good reputation of just having a really good locker room, and I've really enjoyed that, and that's been something that I've – probably one of my favorite things is just, like, walking into a locker room and feeling accepted and, like, able to be myself and just – uh, this team collectively always stands up for like what we believe in, um, which I really like, and that's been really fun to be a part of. But also, we play at Lumen Field, running after a win to go see my parents and my friends. I mean, how much better could it get, honestly? It sounds like you've really come full circle in that journey that you've had with soccer and with this sport um, growing up. And now you get to do it in front of your family and friends. There are still a couple of things on your bucket list, I'm sure, though, as a player and as a club with OL Reign, um, with Challenge Cup on the line tonight, regular season playoffs in the very near future. What are some things that this team wants to check off specifically this year and make sure they get done? Beginning of the year, we kind of brought up all the things we wanted to do. We wanted to become first seed in Challenge Cup. We want to win Challenge Cup. We want to win the league, and we want to win the championship. Um, right now, I'm pretty sure all of those are kind of in reach. So, you know, you got to dream big. You got to you got to set goals that are obtainable, yes. But I think that they're all going to be pretty hard. Um, even tonight's game against Louisville, like, they're incredible through and through. They have speed, pace, talent. Um, so I'm pretty sure this is going to be a – a stellar game tonight but yeah I mean we have we have high hopes and big dreams and I think if we buckle down and we're at our best we can achieve them we definitely believe you guys can achieve this too to switch gears again I one of my favorite things is going on TikTok at night and seeing <laughs> all of your posts <laughs> and this started in the off-season thing we filmed together last year and since then it's taken off and you're so funny are there any that we're going to see tonight before the game or any that we're, we can expect to come up soon Honestly, okay, so I actually got a puzzle from this from Goodwill and I'm going to and I've been working on it for probably like 5 days and I just I was going to make a TikTok about it because this puzzle is probably realistically missing 150 pieces. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of them are edges, and I feel like I'm losing my mind sitting here doing this. I'm looking at it right now, but like just trying to do a puzzle with like not any edges. And yeah, so that's been my dilemma for the day. That's what I've been working on, but that's my game day dilemma so far. But Jesus, I just, I would not recommend going to Goodwill to get a puzzle. <laughs> well, I'm going to be watching and waiting for this TikTok about the puzzle, Nikki. You have to put it out now. But there's so many cool TikTok trends. We, we try to execute some of them here in studio, but... Which TikTok trend is on your radar right now that you wanna you wanna get done? Okay, you know the sound that's like more energy, more energy. More <laughs> yes. more yes. <laughs> I was like singing that like we were in our locker room and I was like, more energy, more energy. And I was like, where's that from? I'm like, TikTok, Avi, but the other TikTokers are always like, more passion. I'm like, yes. But I want to find something with that. I, I think that's such a funny sound. And also, I feel like my dog has the most energy and the most passion. So I'm looking at him right now. I'm like, you got to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's nice to know that you, too, walk around all day with random TikTok sounds trending in your head. Because I do. It's a communication style at this point. 
hundred percent. And actually my teammate, Sammy Hyatt, we always like say that we have the same brain, brain wavelength because we're always on the same TikTok and we just like always have the same sounds. And it's, it's very like niche TikTok sides that we're always on. And I'm like, are you there? And she's like, yeah. So that's really <laughs> the best thing is getting like um, TikTok or, or Instagram reels from you guys and being like, we all laughing at the same thing. I'm like, yes, yes. that means we're on the same page. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us and good luck tonight. Thank you so much, you guys. When we come back, we're going to have Sandra Herrera breaking down the players to watch for tonight's match. Stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Attacking Third. We have talked about tonight's games from a tactical standpoint for these Challenge Cup semifinals. And now we're going to bring in CBS Sports reporter Sandra Herrera to talk about the players to watch tonight. Sandra, welcome. Hey, y'all. Let's get it. Challenge Cup semifinals are here. They are here, finally. All right, let's start with Kansas City. I know you have your eye on Kristen Hamilton today. Yeah, look, I, she's a hard player to to take a look at for this Kansas City side and not go ahead and, and pick her. She's got five goals leading the team in this Challenge Cup. She got three of them in a hat trick against Houston Dash. So, yes, yeah, she leads the team in, in, in goals scored, but she also leads in total shots with 12, shots on target with seven, expected goals with 2.05, right? And she's But she's doing all this in a return to the pitch, right? This is a player that has had to, unfortunately, now navigate some injury off the pitch and she has done all this in just four challenge cup games right and I love that Hamilton is a very collaborative player as well she leads forwards on the team and pass completion into the final third as well so she's absolutely a key factor going Sandra, into the what do you make of because Kristen seems to kind of be a tale of two Kristens here between challenge cup and regular season barring injury uh, which one do you think we're getting tonight? I think we're going to get the gamer. Yeah. We're absolutely going to get the It's a semifinal. I think there's a lot of repetitive narrative going into this one as well. I think when you have a bit of history to go off as well, I think you kind of gear up for, for those games as well. This is a repeat of the semifinal last year between Kansas City and North Carolina. Also at Kansas City, a team that's really trying to make their place in the league, and they dropped that opportunity, right? They ended up going all the way to the NWSL championship and uh, ended up as runner-ups there. But there's an opportunity to try to pick up some titles and to try to get a stab at some of that uh, increased prize pool money as well with this Challenge Cup. So hopefully they don't want to have a repeat of that and we get uh, Chris and Hamilton the baller tonight. Sandra, I'm going to move to the team out west, Seattle. Oh, well, Rain, they're going to have to make some adjustments, especially with Rose Lavelle being out. I know one of your players to highlight is Elise Bennett. How does she fit into this lineup with Rose being out and kind of how they've been vibing with her and now what adjustments do they have to make without her? 
she's been key, right? I think I think Laura Harvey is uh, has utilized Challenge Cup as an opportunity to kind of flex off that bench depth. And this is a, a rain squad that is not unfamiliar at this point with having to deal with an absent Rose Lavelle. She's a player that has had to deal with injury of her own and go through her journey of making her way back to the pitch. But they're also going to be without Bethany Balser as well. And I think with all of these games that they have under the belt, under the Challenge Cup, it's absolutely been a next player up kind of mentality. But it's not just next player up for this all rain side. It's who can come in and actually contribute. And it's totally been Elise Bennett. She's been someone to, who has utilized the most of her Challenge Cup minutes. She's featured in all six matches for the rain during this tournament also a team leader on the team in total shots with 12 uh, second on the team in xg as well and i love that she's a bit of a, a poacher on this team right she can be that effective role player for the rain so she's someone who can kind of generate her own shot but also try to be there to, as the extra outlet for her teammates so she's been a key figure for for harvey uh, during this challenge cup and i don't anticipate that changing leading into the semifinal Laura Harvey's side throughout this Challenge Cup has been so good defensively, Sandra. They have yet to concede a goal. For Racing Louisville, what key players need to be in their attacking groove to get past this OL Reign side? Yeah, I think we have to take a look at Savannah DeMello, right? I think there's a number of players on this team that you also want to kind of elevate their profiles in, in the semifinal. But DeMello is someone who has made the most of her Challenge Cup in the limited time that she's had with the team. She ended up going to the World Cup, so she's only got three Challenge Cup games under her belt uh, during this competition. But she's got three goals and leads the team in this competition with those three matches played. And I think without Carson Pickett available, for this racing Louisville side, she's the player that they're going to rely on as a bit of a focal point for connectivity. Because we know at this point in her short career, she can provide Louisville with a really strong presence on set pieces. She has shown she can be a lethal threat on goal during free kicks, but she can also set up her teammates on those corners, right? And she's someone among the top six on her team for the total pass completion into the final third. I think it's at over 85%. So she has the ability to very quickly change change match tempo for the team in case they find themselves in long stretches having to get it back. Okay, Sandra, very, very important because it's in my rooting interest here. Who is going to be the game changer lethal dose for the courage night? I'm absolutely going with Narumi Miura. I love the year that she's having. You know, there's often like a period of, of grace that's given to international players who sort of make their way into the NWSL. There's almost like this there's this perception that they're elite talents, but you know, like anyone starting a new job, there are these moments to kind of give them time to get acclimated to the new gig. But it's almost like the opposite with Narumi, who's a, become a bit of the glue for this uh, Courage squad, which is maybe something folks didn't anticipate uh, coming to life on a team that has uh, Denise O'Sullivan. But we saw O'Sullivan depart to the World Cup and Narumi really kind of step up in uh, a bit of that midfielder, uh, defensive midfielder role for for this uh, courage, courage squad. And so she actually scored during that World Cup stretch of games. And uh, I think she is someone that they're going to rely on in this game to help keep the tempo. Maybe she's not the player that you look to to say, okay, turn it on a dime. Let's steal back this momentum. More the player that once they get it, she is absolutely going to help them keep it. 
Beautiful, Sandra. Thank you so much for previewing with us. We're sure we're going to have a group message going all night tonight, so we'll see you then uh, at the group message in the, in the WhatsApp. Um, but everyone, thank you so much for joining us today, for taking part in these conversations. I know they're difficult sometimes, and they're angering, and we're all on the same page on some of these. But tactical breakdowns, great. We have some exciting uh, matches to watch tonight. Make sure you guys watch those. They're on CBS Sports Network at 8 p.m. That's Casey Current against The Courage. And then O.L. Reign against Louisville at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you on Friday. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus.